0: Hello, everyone. We have Alicia Piper on today's episode. I am so excited to hear a little bit more about her and her story. Alicia, I'm just going to toss it at
1: you. Start wherever you'd like. Yeah. Hey, Shelly. Thanks for having me on. Um, I think it's super important for people to share their story when they're ready, and um, I'm at that point. So I'll just start off by introducing myself. Um, I'm Alicia. I live in Maine. Um, I met my husband when I was 20, so about six years ago, and we married last year, September 2018, um, and, you know, we we always wanted kids. We had talked about it for years, but the timing never seemed right. Um, you know, we were busy just getting in our careers and getting our life together, so we never really thought too much about it until we got married and then we we're like, Oh, it's time. So we started trying and, um, I hadn't been on birth control for many years. Um, I had found out I had a blood clotting disorder when I was, I don't remember. I think it was 17. So I'd only been on birth control for a year and then they thought to test me for it cause it was a hereditary thing. So I ended up finding out I had, um, high homocysteine levels. So I opted to not take any birth control because of that, um, that worry. So, um, you know, we were always just super careful, um, trying not to conceive for the longest time. And once we were married, we said, you know, let's, let's try. It's time. So we tried for about, I think, like 10, 11 months. And in August, we found out we were pregnant. Um, I had taken about 20 pregnancy tests. That's just kind of how, you know, that thing goes. But, um, I was so excited, you know, I called the doctor and I made my appointments. Um, and actually it's funny because the day I found out I was pregnant, I had an appointment with a fertility specialist. and um, we were headed down to, it's about an hour drive from us. So, you know, it's they don't have really anything local. We live in kind of a small town. So we made the hour drive. We were going to make the hour drive to the fertility clinic um, to see kind of what was going on. Because I also have hypothyroidism. So I said, something's got to be going on here. Um, we've been trying for, you know, quite some time. They say it can take up to a year. But, I mean, month after month, it's, you know, it's just a disappointing Roller coaster. Um, So, you know, I found I took a pregnancy test that morning. I'm like, what the heck? You know, let's just see what it says. I mean, it would match up with when I had been ovulating or was supposed to have ovulated. So I took the test and it was positive. So, you know, I called the clinic. I said, maybe let's just see what's going on here, give it some time. Uh, I had taken this many pregnancy tests and I'm found I was pregnant. So we canceled cause that route is kind of more of an expensive option, which we were ready to do. But in that case, we didn't really need to at that point. So anyways, um, fast forward a few weeks later, um, I was at work. It was a Monday morning and I woke up kind of feeling funny. I looked at my husband and I said, I don't have any more symptoms. Like, my boobs had been hurting. Like, I felt extremely tired and more hungry, I guess. Like, kind of just the normal symptoms that some women experience. And I woke up that morning, and I didn't have any sore breasts, and I just felt super strange. Like, I, in my gut, I knew something was wrong. So I went to work, and I just um, I went down to the bathroom. And I saw a little bit of spotting. And um, I actually work with my best friend. She works at the other end of my building. Um, so I IM'd her and I said, oh my gosh. And she's pregnant as well. That's We were supposed to be 10 days apart. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I messaged her and I said, you know, this is what's happening. I'm having some spotting. I, it was just a little bit at that point. Um, but 20 minutes later I started to feel some cramping. So I went down to their bathroom again and I, I just, I told myself in that moment, if something bad is happening, I, I can get through this, you know, like I can do it. Um, but no one wants to believe that. So I called my doctor. I try not to let my mind go to the worst space. Um, my friend, she had had one child, um, and she's pregnant with her second. So I'm like, Oh my God, it's great. We can go through this together. We had both told each other we were pregnant. So I'm like, is this normal, you know, quote unquote normal. Um, but anyways, I called the doctor and they're like, yeah. Um, We're not really sure Um, spotting can be normal, but it had turned to like bright red at that point. So I went in for an HCG beta test, um, and actually my, like a friend of a friend works in the OB office and she was super helpful, super nice getting back to me. Um, my HCG came back at a 21 and I was supposed to have been six, six and a half weeks at that point. Um. And that was super low. So they, they told me on the phone, you know, you're having a miscarriage. Um, I wasn't seen in the office or anything. I just went in for that um, blood test. And they said, if, you have, if you're bleeding through more of a, a pad in more than an hour or you're feeling dizzy and whatnot, go in. So I went, I had gotten home from work at that point. I told my boss, you know, I needed to leave for the day. I wasn't feeling the greatest. So anyways, came home um, and, you know, I, it got really bad. Um, I started getting dizzy. My husband was, he came home from work and I just said, you know, I feel like we might need to go in. So it's kind of a hard gray area to call it when should you go in or not because you're just going to be sitting in their waiting room if you go to the emergency room but that's what we did we waited for about seven hours which was ridiculous um and so they did an ultrasound they said there's no signs of an ectopic but they did see some fetal matter in my uterus is what they had referred to it as Um, and they tested my hcg again it had gone up to but only to a twenty-three, and this was only like, this was all during the same day, so probably, I mean, I mean, it had been only like a few hours at that point, and it was so it only gone up a couple points in three, three or four hours probably. Um. So, they, you know, they did the pelvic exam. They said, you know, we'll push things along if we can, and. They didn't think I would need like a DNC at that point. Um, But we did see, you know, in my uterus, we saw what they called fetal matter, my baby, which was really heartbreaking um, to see that. And it was really hard um, with no heartbeat, obviously. And they said probably at that point it would be too early. Um, So they said they sent me home. And I spent all night in the bathroom. My husband was great. Um, He has been the greatest support system at that, at the point um, we were pregnant. We hadn't told anyone, but our best friends who were also pregnant and, and they're on to have a healthy pregnancy and I, I could not be happy for, happier for them. Um, but she was just a great support system through this whole thing. And after I was told I was having a miscarriage, I did call my mom and I said, "Mom, um, I, you know, it's the feeling of not wanting to disappoint." And I said, "Mom, I, I think I'm, I'm told like I'm having a miscarriage, and I, I really need you right now." So she came over. She spent the whole the next couple of days with me. Um. So that was great to have a support system. It was only my mom and then my husband and my best friend. And we ended up telling his parents, we we were going to wait till the eight week mark to tell family. But thinking back, I think that's one of my biggest regrets. Um, cause I'll never be able to celebrate that joy. Like I would have before, I guess the same way. Um, So, moving on to, like, a few days later, they wanted to make sure my HCG beta was dropping. So, um, they tested it again, and it actually, I think it had gone up to, I don't know, it was in the 50s at that point. So, it had gone up, which they said sometimes that can happen. It's very, I mean, it's kind of strange, but stranger things have happened, I suppose. so I went back another 24 hours later, and it had gone up to 155, which at that point they brought me into the office and they said, um, you know, let's, let's see what's going on. They did some more tests. Um, they wouldn't do an ultrasound, which I thought was strange. And looking back, I think I would be more of an advocate for myself and tell them I wanted that, um, And, oh, sorry. Can you still hear me? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Sorry. I was receiving a phone call. So I just wanted to make sure. No, you're good. Um, So I went back and they did another test, like I had said, and it was higher. So they said, okay, well, we saw, you know, the baby in your uterus. So, but maybe you also have some Tissue somewhere else, or maybe it's just not moving out on its own. So, anyways, they ruled it um, also like an ectopic. I guess uh, we still don't really know for sure what happened. But I was having some pretty bad pain at that point too. It was about a week later um, in my left, on my left side. So they ruled it that, and they treated me for an ectopic as well. So they said my OB said it could have been twins. Um, we're not really sure. I don't think we'll ever know, but either way, I had to be given, um, the dose of, uh, methotrexate, which even after that, my levels kept rising. So that baby just wanted to fight and wanted to be here so bad with us just as we wanted. Um, and so they said, okay, sometimes this can happen. So we did another round and my levels were still going up, which at this point, I just, I wanted it to be not, I guess not over. That probably sounds horrible, but at the same time, like, um, I was ready to have that closure. Uh, I knew this wasn't going to be a viable pregnancy at that point. So it was about a month later that my HCG finally reached Zero after two rounds of that methotrexate and for anyone who's not familiar with that, it's basically stops the growth of cells. Um, so any leftover tissue that was in, could have been in an unknown location or on my, what they ruled my left side because of the pain I was having. Um, so then I, you know, my husband and I were able to, you know, at least cope with it a little bit better once Once I knew my levels were zero. And I was just confused, like, is it my thyroid that's doing this, uh, my blood clotting disorder? So my OB did want me to have a follow-up because I do have those precautionary, you know, measures we have to keep track of. My thyroid's going to be tested every month. Right now, uh, we are not able to be, um, we're not able to try yet. Just because that methotrexate, apparently, the way your body processes it, it's just you have to wait at least three months. So in December, we'll be able to start trying again. But as of now, it's just kind of like in the recovery mode. And But I did go to my OBGYN last week and she ran some tests and whatnot or maybe it was a week before. But anyways, we determined that we're not ovulating regularly or on my own. Like, the number of follicles and the healthy eggs, I guess, are just not not normal or what they considered to be in the normal range. So, um, yeah, now we start the – in February, she wants us to try – Um, the month of December and January on our own. And then in February, we will start the fertility treatments and hope for the best. I mean, I'm ready. My husband's ready. It's just been a long journey. And I know a lot of people wait a lot longer. And it's a long journey for, it can be a lot longer, but I'm hoping for, you know, A healthy pregnancy in the near future, and I'm just ready. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And when you said, I just wanted
0: it to be over, that's honestly so relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I think everybody listening has been at that point where it's like,
1: I just need the closure now at this point. Like, I um, mean, yeah. A month later at that point. I mean, I feel horrible saying that, but it's just kind of what you need at that point.
0: Yeah. I feel you like know. there's so many things that you can feel horrible saying on this journey. You know what I mean? Because it's like you're yeah. a really sensitive thing, but they're just they're so real. And like, I think all of us have them. But it's it's funny because like I'll talk about things. And I'm like, this might sound bad, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's such a like an awkward phase. But right? I mean, it's just how you're feeling in that moment. And honestly, like. The love and support of my closest family that now knows that I wish I would have told, um, like before. I think going like if I ever, (laughs) in hopes to have a healthy pregnancy going forward, uh, I would definitely tell people sooner. You know, yeah, or my family. It's interesting that you.
0: It's interesting to hear you say that, and it honestly, like again, this sounds really weird, but it makes me feel really good because. I did tell my family right away, and then, yeah. obviously, I lost the pregnancy. Like, this was my first pregnancy. I lost that first pregnancy, and um, I felt robbed from, like, I felt like I wish I wouldn't have told them.
1: Right. You know what I mean?
0: So, to hear you say the opposite, it's kind of like, okay, that kind of makes me feel good because I feel like there's no right or wrong way to go about it. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Um, but and it's like I in think, the moment.
0: Yeah. And I think however you do it, you're going to have like regrets and you're going to, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's kind of course. just reassuring to hear somebody else's story on the opposite end. Cause that's one thing that really sticks with me is like when I told them and um, how happy that moment was and to like yeah. almost feel robbed of it, you know, but. Exactly. Um, I mean, I can see that too. You yeah. Know? No, but it's just, it's just really nice to hear it from the other side, kind of regretting the opposite. Cause it's like, okay yeah you know there's maybe I don't need to regret it all that much because she's regretting this so then maybe you feel the same way
1: about my story I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I get it trust me it's one of those things it's like a gray area you know yeah it's just, Yeah. you just have to go with what you you feel and I feel like yeah. people wait for the safe zone but in reality there is none is there a no safe zone? you know no, no. there's really and that's not what we've all and that's what we've all learned on this journey I think which it's like a good thing and also a bad thing. <laughs> That's true. I don't wish this journey on anyone. But right. I have uh, your podcast and it's been super helpful. And I really appreciate oh, what you're doing, Shelly. So. Oh, that yeah. makes me so happy. Well, thank you
0: so much for <laughs> jumping on and sharing. I always ask this at the end of every episode. If you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be?
1: Yeah, um, I think... Just being easy on yourself through this journey. Um, There's a lot of emotions that go along with it. And I know I tend to beat myself up for how I'm feeling in that moment or I just don't let myself embrace it as much as I should. Um, And Mm -hmm. like, you are okay to have your moment and then pick yourself back up and do something that makes you feel good that day or just like the smaller gestures. Yeah, I guess just be easy on yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah definitely. And if somebody wants to reach out, is Instagram the best way? Yep.
1: Okay. You can reach me
0: there. Perfect. And I, as always, will link that in the description of this episode. Thank you so much, Alicia, for hopping on and taking the time to share and be vulnerable. It means a lot. Of course. Thank you
1: for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes. Keep me posted and we'll talk soon.
1: I will. Thank you.